0: hey guys welcome back to the go offices podcast you're here with me mimi and today i'm gonna be chatting to chelsea who is a 22 year old creative writing student arts and culture editor at guap mag and a newly published poet can i get a what what so me and chelsea had a lovely chat about poetry and her process of getting published and then just some kind of general lockdown feels all that jazz um it's all in there um so yeah enjoy make sure to check out the full write-up that i did on gooffcis.co.uk and also sign up to the mailing list to stay up to date on everything go offices. enjoy Hi guys, welcome back to the Go Offices podcast. You're here with me, Mimi, and today I've got a lovely guest. I've got Chelsea, but I'll let you introduce yourself and tell the people who you are and all
1: that jazz. All right, well, I'm Chelsea, I'm a writer. I think I just do everything around the realms of creative writing. So I study creative writing and I've also just recently um published a poetry book um and yeah
0: it's called door to have it right here the first print copy and yeah that is um that is my book that's so amazing that must that must be so mad to hold that in your hands and be like i've created it's like almost like a child it's like a baby i carry
1: it everywhere I've had it for a week. I've been carrying it everywhere. Like I, I won't, it's and I keep looking at it, like touching it and like flipping through the page. And okay, so you know, this is these are my words and that is my name on the cover. And this is now going to be sold for other people, and they're going to have it in their home. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm being dramatic, but no, that's that's know. such a big deal. <laughs> such a big deal. Um, yeah. <laughs> And
0: I think that's kind of what, where I want to kick it off with is like, tell us about about the book, about Daughter, like, what is it? Fill the people in, because I know it's poetry, like,
1: yeah. So, um, yeah, Daughter is my first collection of poetry that I'm publishing. And it basically, I've been writing it since I was 16. So, you know, I think a lot of poets probably start as teenagers just overwhelmed by the angst and the mental health. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so so that's when i started writing it and um i think i found it i mean i always loved writing before but this was a very specific way of communicating very difficult emotions or complicated um opinions about certain things so whether it be family myself or even something unrelated to me maybe regarding my opinion on romantic relationships or my opinion on um, you know, sexuality, and all these things. I kind of just found it as my way of understanding myself as I was transitioning from girl to womanhood. Yeah. Um, and you know, of course, there's so many layers around that progression, especially as a woman of colour living in Britain. I felt like my experience was quite different to my um, my friends who were who were English and white. So. Yeah, this was my way of expressing myself. This is, this was my way of also feeling like I was understood when other people listened to the poetry. Um, so, yeah, that, that's how it all started. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't think I would, I always wished it, but I never thought I'd be in a position of now being published and kind of confidently saying, I am a full time writer, I'm a poet, this is my thing. You know, whatever. Like, <laughs> so yeah, we're now finally in this position, and it feels like a really kind of great start to whatever's gonna happen next and like, the journey. Because I'm not finished yet. I'm only twenty two, twenty two yet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's that's such like a big flex as well. Like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a published poet.
1: Here's my book. <laughs> like. The best part is that my mum can also, my mum is flexing, <laughs> because before I was like, oh, you know, it's cute, it's a hobby, you know, she's, she's good at poetry, you know, but uh, we were all, I think, for a while, actually, I wanted to be a lawyer, Ooh. so that was always the kind of, I went to university for like a month, but then I was like, no, I don't want to do this, I, can't, I don't want to, I need to be out in this world, I can't be in uni anymore. But yeah, I was going down the route of studying law, being a lawyer, I did did tons of like public speaking and mock trials in secondary school, but poetry was just always consistent. Um, Even after I left college and started working, sort of working in fashion and doing all these things, poetry was my grounding sort of thing that I did. Anytime I was upset, anytime I was happy, anytime I was just distraught and didn't know what was gonna happen next, poetry was consistent. So I'm really kind of, I'm very grateful to kind of be in a position where I can make something that has actually grounded me from such a young age to now be my, and hopefully be the way that I make a living. Um, And I really, really hope to kind of connect with people through it and um, meet as many people as possible. I miss people, you know. I people even, about people I miss people
0: <laughs> just like chatting to you now and just having this energy I'm like oh like it's so mad how this has been lacking from people's lives
1: like yeah, yeah. it's and I don't know I think I mean how did how did you find lockdown like did you have, were you living alone did you find some type of peace in just being alone because I don't think People have ever spent this time alone.
0: No, I I properly feel that. Like I wasn't living alone at first, and then I moved home for a little bit, so I was around my mum a lot, which was like, and I hadn't because i have been living away from home for so long, being with my mum for just me and her all the time. Like I hadn't spent that much time with her. I was like, (laughs)
1: like I love you, mum, but I'm going upstairs. No, I think well, after you get to a certain age and you're used to living by yourself, going back to your mother's house and almost like abiding by her rules <laughs> is like, and it's not, it doesn't have to be like strict rules or anything. Yeah, it's just, it's just the way like they do it. The way, yeah, the, the, like, the way that the house is taken care of, the way that things are happening, the timeline of when people are waking up, when people are cleaning, when people are doing this, and when you've like come to a stage where maybe you're you're especially as a woman where like you know what you like, you know how you like to do your stuff, coming back into your mom's house, yeah, that's um it's a humbling <laughs> it's very humbling.
0: It's like okay. <laughs> I'm not as I'm not as grown as I thought I was. Um yeah, yeah. But, but um so but no, I think now that I live on my own, like it's definitely, yeah, being on your own and like like, I'll still obviously interact with people, but I don't know, it just makes you value
1: things a lot differently. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, um, I, I think I learned this year how much I, I really enjoy both, I enjoy being by myself and having that time to think and be creative, and I think I'm just a very reflective person anyway, and very sort of, like, How do you feel? What do you think? What do you want to do about this? Of course, there's some really negative sides to that. But I think that time alone helps me to do that and then make better decisions, et cetera, et cetera. As opposed to kind of being outside all the time. I feel like I get quite exhausted by too much, too many people. Like even after this conversation, I might have a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: I fully get you. Like my social battery is like, so much less like I can't take on as much as I used to be able to in terms of like interactions with people because it's so I don't know I feel like I just forgot how to do it
1: yeah and you know when things that now things are opening up you know of course people are like oh let's go for lunch let's get a coffee blah 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 and I'm just like what do I do when I get there (laughs) like what do we talk about
0: (laughs) like what is what's small talk now like
1: no we can't small t- I can't small you talk anymore I can't I'm just like so how are you feeling yes, <laughs> like, like you know I love that though straight in be- there no because then what's the point what really is the point we anyone- don't have time to waste anymore exactly you know we've I mean I mean quote unquote we, we lost a year of connecting with each other so why now are we gonna come back and be like Oh, did you um watch the news? How's the weather? You know, and oh, I like your you post on Instagram. Like those things don't really matter. Yeah. Um, I think what matters is, I don't know, like really, truly connecting with people and try and having the courage to kind of trust people with a part of yourself that lets them know, you know, that they're safe with you and vice versa. Because then what's the point? What's the point? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm too intense
0: but no I feel th- I feel this because it's just like you're not really getting anywhere with that conversation if you're just like oh like the weather's this did boo do you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. I, get exactly. I get you I exactly. get you're making sense to me um, <laughs> but another question I've got for you about like um the poetry book and all that is kind of like is this something that you had like You know how we have goals, like, okay, I want to do this. This is what I want. Is it that kind of thing? Or was it actually something that just kind of happened? Like, how did it all come together?
1: Definitely something I always wanted to do. But I I just didn't know if it would happen, you know? Um, I was actually, you know, in the process of self-publishing when I when my when my publisher got into contact with me, um, Cornelian Hart Publishing. So I'd spent so I'd done the visual poetry films back in 2019 as a way to kind of push the the poetry. And after that, I then had a break in 2020. Actually, everybody had a break had a break in 2020. And um, this year, I was like, okay. I've been contacting publishers. No one seems really interested, but I don't think the work is bad. Is it because people just don't get it? Is it because it's not trendy? Is it because they feel like they've already ticked the the box? I have no idea, but I know that this is a piece of work that is good enough to be um, read and shared. So I was in the process of, um, yeah, self-publishing, you know, I'd organised my monies. I'd done this. I'd you know, and then I got the email from Canadian Heart letting, um, letting me know of their interest. So it, it that that part happened kind of out of the blue, and of course, I was really, really excited about it. But yeah, I always knew this is something that I wanted to do. Um, I really, really did want to want to become uh, an author that you know people actually read. <laughs> because, well, you know, there you what? You know are you an author if your books are still you know in the in the case like you need to share it you need to share it or else it's you know carry it
0: around everywhere
1: exactly you need to share the, the work or else um you know what's the, what's the point you know how and how do any of us grow mm-hmm. so yeah that that was that was definitely a goal
0: and how was like the whole process of going through a publisher like was that Cause I well you have you've probably never experienced that before so yeah. like
1: what well, was that like? Carnelian Heart Publishing is actually um, a black female-owned boutique publisher. Oh wow! So it's not um, it's not i tr- I'm not experiencing I guess the traditional yeah. publishing experience you know because you know super big super corporate of course you know loads lots of money involved lots of opinions lots of people um and opinions and obviously i'm not uh, i don't exactly know the experience of other um authors who've gone through you know bigger publishing houses but yeah carnelian heart is a boutique publisher and um they're based in wales and yeah african owned female owned and you know there's only a few people in the team and what i found with that experience was that First of all, they understood what I was writing about. You know, as um, young African women themselves, they were able to read it and be like, I get it. I feel heard, I feel seen. And there are so many other women like us, and it's even not like us, who will benefit from this piece of work. So I think they, they, they came to me with already an understanding of the message, which I think was amazing because I then didn't have to explain myself to, you know, maybe what other um, authors go go through with bigger publishing houses and stuff. So yeah, that is. I think it's a very unique experience, and I'm super grateful. And I'm really excited to like for us to grow together um, and see you know how it goes. They're always they're always looking for new writers. They're always looking for new poets, especially. So yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes.
0: <laughs> that's so sick. I didn't realize that they were um, back on. So that's like. Like you said, like you don't have to explain yourself to them yeah. because yeah. they yeah. get it, and yeah. I think that's what would have maybe made it quite exhausting is if you had to like explain your work like that.
1: So that's yeah. I mean, I when I kind of announced that I I now been published um, or commissioned, I oh, don't know what the right word is. Um, <laughs> my one of my colleagues who's also a poet was like, oh, you know. These editors, be careful because these editors. And I was like, hmm, okay, I'll, you know, I'll take that on board. But of course, my editor is a black, African, British woman, and you know, she's also a poet herself. So when she was reading, she was reading exact like like my perfect quote unquote customer. You know, so, yeah. so her editing notes, she, she, she didn't want to change the spirit of the poetry. She didn't want to change the meaning of it. I mean, she just was like, Grandma, 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 Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and line breaks and all these sorts of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, apart from that, I, I was really grateful for her to be like, you know what? I get it. And I'm not—I'm not the only person in this world that will. And yeah, let's let's push it to all the women, girls, you know, everyone um, who identifies with the story.
0: Oh, that's so yeah. That's really—I think it just kind of puts a nice ribbon on the whole thing that it's like you've had this positive experience throughout. Um, so. so positive, yeah.
1: I mean. I don't know, you never know what's going to happen in the future in terms of, you know, of course, we want to kind of expand the book to sell globally, um, you know, especially Africa, especially America. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen in terms of, you know, opinions coming along and being like, oh, you know, maybe we should make it more commercial
0: or whatever. Yeah. Is that I something think... that you, you're, like, scared for or, like, excited for or what, like, people...
1: Putting well, their three cents in, or? I think when I think about my inspirations um, for, like, especially in the poetry space, like Maya Angelou, for example, she wasn't commercial for a very long time. I mean, her poem, Family, um, that's in the like a really popular um, advert for Apple, that poem is so. Um, spiritual and so deep and so meaningful but but you see it on you know apple (laughs) and and you and you know the that you make the connection and the connection is made and you feel seen and you feel um i mean that poem is an incredibly beautiful poem if you guys haven't checked it out but it was in an it was an apple commercial a few years ago and so i think that you don't have to i mean it's my Angelo, <laughs> But you don't have to dumb down your art for then to become a commercial sellable mm-hmm. artist or palatable artist. Because by if you've now, especially as a poet, what's a palatable poet? What are you doing? Are you writing poetry if you're palatable? No, no.
0: There's two words know. that don't, like, they can't go together.
1: I don't know. I, I, I mean, of course, maybe, I think there are some that who've been able to do it really, really well, um, who've been able to reach commercial success while still being um true to themselves. But yeah, I do think I do think it's a challenge. And I think it's also a challenge not to fall into it, you know, mm-hmm. fall into other people's opinions and, you know. Um, and I'm sure a lot of poets are very sensitive people, so it might be quite easy to do so. And you know, want to please everybody and et cetera. I don't know. I'm just talking about me. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's the poet. Agree.
0: Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. Um, one thing as well that I wanna I wanna chat about is like visuals. Like you mentioned before, like you released some in 2019 um but what like really got my attention on instagram is when you posted with the outside Buckingham palace with the what a union jack flag yep and i was like (laughs) oh my god like yeah yeah that was just i was just like what is this this is so Mm -hmm. cool what the hell so like i guess yeah people might not have seen it as well so yeah Explain, like, yeah, I guess. yeah,
1: that poetry visual or yeah, poetry visual is called "My Father and My Country," and the poem basically speaks of my complicated relationship with my father and my country. Um, I was born in London, Camden Town, and I've lived here all my life. Um, and so, of course, you know, I'm very I don't know why I'm even hesitating to say this, but it adds on to the complication. I am very proud of being British, right? However, I don't feel like, there are many times that I don't feel like this country has my interests. <laughs> like, I don't know if this country, I don't think this country cares. Um, of you know For people who look like me, I think maybe this country only really cares when it suits them. Um, And so when um, I was thinking about what to do, what kind of visual to do for my father and my country, I thought, why don't I just carry a huge flag? Because I've never seen a black woman holding like the British flag, like ever. Never seen it. Never seen it. I Googled it, black woman, British flag. Maybe, Maybe you guys will be better Googlers than I am, but I didn't see it. So we got the biggest flag that we could find on eBay, really, really heavy. It was, um, it was, uh, gosh, oh, I can't remember. It was huge. I mean, you can see from visual, and it's incredibly heavy. And so I'm carrying around this really heavy flag, which could be, quote, unquote, a burden onto me, and I'm dragging it around, you know, Buckingham Palace, Green Park, I'm going to um, Savile Row, I'm going to Brixton, I'm going to all these places that are recognisable. And some places I'm accepted and some places I'm really not. And the um, clip that you were talking about when I'm looking at Buckingham Palace, I mean, we know what the royal family is about. (laughs) Boy! (laughs) At that time, Meghan Markle was was really suffering mm. through, <laughs> with the with the British media. And I specifically wanted to, I mean we got kicked out in like two seconds. Like the police were like, oh wow. Oh, oh. so, <laughs> so we only had like two minutes to to do that shot. But yeah, the reason why I really wanted that in was because I mean, just I mean look at it. This this the empire, this palace, this family. And um, what have they done for me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we all know what the answer is, you know. And so nothing, absolutely nothing. And I, and I, I was just, I was very conflicted, very conflicted. And that's what I wanted to represent in the in the poem. It's still how I feel now. That's why I love having conversations because it helps me understand more and maybe helps other people question um how they feel about it you know because I was born here I mean I'm originally from Zimbabwe but I don't have a huge connection with you know the heritage or the culture Mm -hmm. of Zimbabwe so really I'm very quite rooted in in London and Britain so complicated you know I I really still don't know how to feel
0: (laughs) oh I I fully get that like and I think you've summed it up perfectly and I guess like it's so hard to feel like not like you belong but like you're that people are doing things for you like you said and that the country is like I guess behind you when like a lot of there's a lot of examples that show that it isn't yeah um were you scared as well? Because like I feel like I would be so scared that somebody would be like, that flag is should
1: be held up. High. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh, it was so funny. We actually researched it and we didn't find because I thought it was against the law because it's against the law in America oh, to put um, the American flag to be dirty or yeah. So if you're if you have the if you have the American flag, um, you know you can't if, and you're hanging it. It has to be it has to be clean. It has, I think it has to be, you know, held high. Like it can't just be slumped somewhere or something. I don't know if it's like, yeah, I think it's against the law, if I remember correctly. I I could imagine that being the case. But in the UK, I researched it and I couldn't find anything. So we just did it. We woke up at 3 a.m. We started at, yeah, we started at Oxford um, Circus. And yeah, we, and then we were filming until I think about 8 p.m., Oh my gosh, it was a really long day, walking everywhere. And of course, the reason we started early was because I didn't want the smoke, if there was going to be smoke, yeah. So a lot of the places we go is just empty. You know, Oxford Circus, people were were coming back home from the clubs, they didn't care. Um, (laughs) You know, Buckingham Palace, it was completely, the sun was just coming up when we got there. So the police that were there was still probably waking up, so they didn't notice us for about five minutes. And that's how we managed to get our shot. So yeah, it was was a really long day. Shout out to Harry Lindley, who was um, the cinematographer and director for it. But yeah, it was just like four of us in the cold in April. And yeah, we we just got it done. And yeah, it was, I was, I mean, I actually re-uploaded the visuals on YouTube and someone commented, ill like what's this or like ill what the fuck something I don't know what, what? he said commented, which oh. I just, and I, I looked I just laughed I was like oh well <laughs> what you, whatever. whatever what can you do <laughs> uh, it's one of them
0: you're never gonna please everyone are you oh, never, I, never.
1: And especially
0: I, I, doing something like that like
1: absolutely and I just I I'm I'm proud of the I'm proud of the piece it was my first attempt um, of kind of creating something myself, because I've, I've always, always wanted to um, represent poetry in a visual way. And, you know, at that time, we were, we were all strapped for cash, but we weren't strapped of ideas. And we kind of just used each other and, you know, the network and the friends and relationships I had, and we just got it done. So yeah, I think, definitely, if you're looking to get started, just kind of look around. <laughs> No that's
0: so true I think like even like I've definitely felt that like you'd be surprised how many people are willing to just kind of contribute to the idea and like like, obviously I'm so here for pay your creatives and everything but like not everyone can do that like I can't do that like you said at the time you start for cash so like I think it's so important when like the the creativity kind of surpasses the need for
1: like money or whatever like exactly exactly. especially when you're first starting out um yeah when you're first starting out i think the the currency that you have is especially as a creative is your ideas and the kind of value exchange of working with other people so at the end of the day everyone on set is going to benefit because they've been a part of creating that content um And so if you can do that, then, you know, especially when you're first starting out, that's amazing. Um, Of course, with the goal, maybe to start raising money, start looking for investors and all that type of stuff. But yeah, I think at the beginning, and I'm still very much at my beginnings as well, it's very much coming out of my own pocket and just seeing what I can do with the people I have. And I'm also very lucky to kind of surrounding myself with, creative people who are really, really motivated.
0: So, yeah. Nice. Um, so another thing that I, um, I saw that you said is that you wrote, so the, obviously the book is titled Daughter, but then there's also a poem within that called Daughter. So you said that you wrote that poem at the height of Black Lives Matter, um, the protests, the black squares, all Mm -hmm. of it. Um, yeah, talk to me about that. Like, what did that mean to you? Like, how are you feeling? How are you feeling now? All that stuff. Uh,
1: I mean, when it, when it comes to the specific poem, I remember we were, um, I worked for a magazine, What, and we were. I, like, I know that. 20, yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan, big fan yeah. of you guys. And um, we were basically trying to come up with our next idea for um, our grow Up cover, because we have a theme for our covers that come out four times a year. So we were talking about just where we were um, in terms of the community as Black people. It's a youth-led magazine, so a lot of us, are we're all under the age of 28. Between, the youngest in charge is was just turned 18 at the time, I believe. So we're all very young, we're all black, and we just sat down and we were like, where are we at? What is the culture saying? What is the community saying? And everyone was like, change, everyone was saying, but not the type of change. We're not talking ML, my Martin Luther King change. We're talking a change in consciousness, a change in approach, a change in just, you know, you know, of course, it's not even necessarily about freedom or whatever. It was just about, okay, how do we use our resources to empower our communities? You know, things, remember when like Black Pound Day um, was coming out and people were like specifically buying Black-owned when, and of course, this kind of also holding companies accountable for what they were doing for um, BLM. It was this, this way of, it was almost like we just weren't afraid or scared to be like, so what are you doing for the Black community? Yeah. Which I don't think is really something that the masses of Black people have asked corporations or fr- or you know friends of other races, what are you doing? You know, it's, it's always been, oh, us, us, us. But we're like, no, 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 no. You want to be a part of the culture? What are you doing? And now that you now that you know you're doing something, and we're you know always. I mean, the black community, I think, are the most you know we're very we we love everybody. You know, everyone gets involved. Yeah. So um, now that you're involved, like, how can you contribute? How do we contribute to each other's businesses, to each other's ideas? Um, and so we thought, okay, Renaissance. That is the perfect way to describe what's happening. Um, right now in especially you know in the British black community there is a renaissance happening and so we featured um Henry from No Signal and we featured Nella Rose and when we were coming up with then the visual um for it to go next to it the video editorial to go next to it we were like okay let's get a spoken word artist on board. I was already you know in the team so I started writing and I guess that, I don't know if this is a very long-winded explanation. I apologize. No, keep going. But um, yeah, that was, that's when I started writing. And all I just kept thinking was, you know, what, like, what are we, what, what happens now? Like, what is, what's the feeling? I was really trying to invoke what I was feeling in that moment, which was, it's not necessarily about change or protests and all these things, it's really about how we are thinking and how we are seeing each other and ourselves. Um, and and also just also letting everyone know in a very subtle way, you know, that things are about to really change. And that's why I think the last line is, you know, can you hear the black begin to break? And the reason I'm saying this is I was just imagining this sort of cocoon or this sort of world that, you know, where we've kind of been, you know, obviously reaching great heights and being successful in all these things. But I think there's just, there's more. There's so much more. I don't think we have even like touched the surface of what black people as a community can achieve. And so can you hear the black begin to break? Is that moment we can see that that light and that ceiling is just about to, I mean, if it hasn't already it's about to crash. And that was, I guess, my imagery. And yeah, so that's, I don't know. That's why I wrote
0: that poem. That really, <laughs> that really gave me chills at the end there. I was like, <laughs> that was, yeah, I. that was a lovely summary. And I think it's, like you said, like things, things were different. Like yeah. it wasn't just your classic, like a little bit of outrage, like as much as I still think there's a lot to be done like things were changing and like you said like we weren't afraid to be like what are you doing like what's yeah. going on which i think maybe a lot of people had felt like they couldn't ask them questions before um mm-hmm. so yeah that was that was lovely and mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know it just made me feel something inside then so that good. thank you <laughs> um i feel like that's yeah that's what I, all I've got to ask you but I, I don't know I'm enjoying talking to you have you got anything <laughs> else you want to say
1: um I mean I, I'm i just very open to conversation so I I love the fact that I, and I hope that this book inspires a lot of um conversations whether it's amongst you know your own mothers mothers and daughters whether it's about you know your friends your community um your family your relationships or just conversations with yourself i really hope that it, it inspires a lot of talk yeah. Um, and yeah it's um it's available for pre-order today 6th, yeah. of, 6th of june is pre-order day so yeah you can find it on amazon um and yeah chelsea matada daughter you will find it it's eight pounds 99 for a paperback um and yeah this is this is my um this is my baby my as it as it should be yeah so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see if it starts to walk (laughs) Um, i'm getting behind it. i'm getting my copy Thank you
0: thank you so you just much to see <laughs> like um well yeah I guess I just want to say yeah congratulations to you because it's a really big deal um very big deal
1: in fact um I'm just so myself I'm not quite I don't know maybe maybe I'll like it'll start sinking in this evening and, are you gonna celebrate I, I'm I'm going out for um brunch so I might have a cheeky cocktail. Yeah. A cheeky yeah. I mean I celebrated with my uh, mother and my sister yesterday we went out for dinner and since my mother was driving and my sister's under 18 I was the only person who was having a drink. <laughs> You're just like, they were there in spirit they were like yeah oh that, that's, awesome.
0: that's lovely <laughs> um well yeah thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me and to all the people listening make sure to check out the book check out Chelsea um all that jazz i'll make oh, sure yeah. that everything's linked on our instagram and stuff um but yeah good luck with everything thank you did we say like a fake goodbye goodbye Bye. Goodbye. goodbye yeah Bye. <laughs>